Welcome to The Rodcast with Rod Turner, the show all about real estate. We discuss everything that affects asset-backed businesses, investments, and go deep into the details with some of the best in the business. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Rodcast. We are continuing, as we did last week, to uh, update everyone on this COVID-19 crisis and how that affects property. It is the 27th of March today, so just bear that in mind when you are listening, um, as things are moving very quickly and uh, could possibly be out of date by the time you listen. I am extremely fortunate today to be joined by John Paul. John Paul is a landlord in the Northeast, but he is best known for building a lettings agent empire through acquisitions and incredibly good at systemizing businesses. So much so that he wrote a book called From Stress to Success, which funnily enough, I actually read before I'd even met him. And it's fantastic. Every business owner really looking to scale should give it a read. It it really is very good. so welcome, John Paul. Thanks for joining me today. No, no worries, Rod. So you're the one person that's read it. Thank you. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me and mum. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it was really good. It really simplifies everything. I, yeah. I, I did. I did quite like it. Um, so have I missed anything in that intro? Um, I've wrote another book. So I've oh, have you? One out. Yeah, but that's more for estate agents and letting agents. That's called the Agency Roadmap. Um, okay. But yeah, a portfolio landlord, been a landlord about 14, 15 years now, just colliery type houses, two up, two downs, built a decent portfolio up, um, got into lettings, letting them for other people, uh, and just grew grew the business, realised that I had to systemise it because we were making mistakes left, right, and Chelsea, really. Yep. So systemised it, started recruiting staff, started getting uh, more branches on board, and at the minute we've got 10 branches, managed 2,100 houses, sell about 500 a year, although that number's about to go down because of the, <laughs> the lockdown. But in, in the main, yeah, it's, it's a big business, but the best thing is I, I generally don't get involved in, in the running of it. I've got an amazing MD and senior management team that, that do all the hard lifting. So your focus is just on the scaling and, uh, and, and I guess now, a bit of crisis management and efficiency. Absolutely. So scaling the business, acquisitions. Um, I mean, we briefly spoke about uh, raising funds and finance for this rent, uh, uh, rent to own idea that we've got, um, strategy if you like. And then now, you know, this, this sort of lockdown, this unfortunate time, it's, um, yeah, I've sort of stepped up to the plate if you like and we've come up with sort of, you know, risk mitigation, crisis management and, um, very quickly put us in a sort of a we call it hibernation we haven't closed we're just hibernating we're like yep. a bear hibernating we're going to shrink and then all of a sudden when the summer comes or the autumn or spring or whenever bears come out of hibernation that's when we're ready to push on so i've got a well we've got a lot of listeners um that are going to be in the same boat they're going to be either portfolio landlords they're going to be maybe um have asset management businesses uh, or even lettings businesses as well, managing for other people. So obviously, managing a lettings business or asset management business right now is is incredibly difficult. So tell us about some of the difficult decisions you've had to make in the last sort of two weeks, um, and, and maybe any tips you've got for some of our listeners and, and that from. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll give you an idea what we did first, Rod, and it was effectively. Um, it's all about the numbers, about the figures. So it doesn't matter if you're a landlord, if you're an asset management company, if you're a builder, a baker, a candlestick maker, it makes absolutely no difference. You should have monthly P&Ls, you should have accurate up-to-date cash flows, look at your balance sheet as well. You've got to have a, a debt-to-asset ratio. You've got to have all the ratios in your business that will allow you to make up-to-date informed decisions. If you don't, it's it's situations like this that really force home that you should have, would have, could have. <laughs> you should have had it. Um, and that's not a criticism. That's just it is what it is. Yeah. You know? And well, that, that just comes back to the whole monitoring of your KPIs, doesn't it? And um, And one of the things we go on about is a, is a risk register, portfolio analysis, and things like that, which is for I don't know nine out of ten occasions it it doesn't help anything. Yeah. But when yeah. the the poo really hits the fan, is is where it comes into its own. Yeah. Well, right. It's it's exactly like an insurance policy and a burger alarm on your house you only know how good they are when you need to use it yeah so you know the majority of insurances are under under resourced they, they haven't got the right level of cover 
your burglar alarms are crap, they, it, it, they don't, Wi-Fi's rubbish, it doesn't cover all the room. And unfortunately, when you get broken into or you need to claim, then it's like, oh, crap, I should have gone for the one above when, it, when the guy at the store, you know, do you want to spend an extra 50 quid? I should have gone for that pandemic cover. <laughs> yeah, the, the worldwide pandemic cover, why didn't I go for that? Damn it. Um, but yeah, so, so it was very quick. I mean, I think we were talking before, before we went live and you sort of had an idea about a month ago. We, we didn't think a month ago it was that bad, but it was about three weeks ago. And when I started to get a bit concerned was when we had a couple of valuations fall down because of the virus. So we were about to go out and then one of my managers said, John, um, you know, have you heard of this coronavirus? I went, yeah, and, you know, listen on the news, it's in it. It's just coming to Italy, it's over in China. We're, we're getting a few people cancelling, you know, what's going on. I went, right, it was quite interesting, this, researched it even more. And I was very flippant about it. Not the fact that people were dying, not, you know, nothing like that. Just the fact that we're in the UK, we're in the North East, we're in the frozen North. It's a bit like Games of Thrones up here. You've got white walkers and giants. The coronavirus isn't going to, it doesn't dare come up here, you know. Yeah. Um, and then it did. And then the whole world sort of flipped on its head inside seven days. And we had to be very, very quick. And one of our sayings is corporate but agile. So we are very corporate. We do have KPIs, metrics, you know, individual learning plans, skills matrices, all that sort of jazz. But we don't have meetings about meetings to choose the toilet roll, right? We literally do have, we've got a very small senior <coughs> team. We've got a bit of a, probably about double the size management team. And then like literally within hours, we can have everybody in the head office make decisions and move on from that. And it, it was just all about our P&Ls. We just literally looked at our P&Ls. We've got a large portfolio. Most of it is LHA, which, again, we were talking about, is probably the safest type of tenant you can have at the minute. Well, look at, look at the, uh, who's underwriting that security, the government right now, and it couldn't be safer, could it? It, yeah. it? it really couldn't. So when you've got like 1,300, 1,350 LHA tenants, and then the, 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 you know, it's just gone up in terms of the rates and some are due to renewal, we're thinking, right, we can increase the rent here. Yeah. Um, because it's not affecting them, right? But what that, that increase in the rent is going to mitigate the, the, some of the professional tenants who are, yeah. who are not going to pay. So in fact, we're, we're going to be probably neutral in that mm-hmm. respect. And then all of a sudden, it's, it's a bit like when you're growing a business, you're making two grand turnover, you take your first staff, on, staff on, member on, you take four grand, then you take another one. Another. We're just reverse engineering it. So what are our costs? What are our income? Let's reduce it to slightly below that. And then we can, we can work thereafter. And we did that very quick. The hardest thing we had to do was furlough 30 staff. Mm-hmm. It was a really, really crappy situation to be in, but they were absolute champs about it and they took it really well. They understood. I mean, some of the guys were saying, look, we'll work for free work. No, no, if you furloughed, you can't. You know, you've got to stay <laughs> at home. Um, and, you know, we, and then, so we did the worst case scenario and then the government started saying, you've got grants. And we were like, well, oh, that's decent. And then they were saying, right, you can defer your VAT and your... Um, excuse me, your cop tax and all that sort of stuff. Like, oh, great, fantastic, not a problem. So it's every time they announce something, it's a bonus. We, we set our business for a worst case scenario. We didn't even factor in the sales that we we're going to complete over the next two or three months because I had a, a gut feeling like you did that sales were going to fall off a cliff. Even ones that were in the pipeline were either going to get extended till after the situation or because solicitors were going to close, they just they weren't going to happen. So we, we jokingly call it a constipated pipeline. So our whole pipeline is incredibly constipated at the minute. It needs some laxatives. Um, and again, just as it was happening, when, when properties were, um, we were getting offers on them, we were going to our solicitors and saying, right, if the, the stuff hits the fan, have you got working from home policy? Yeah, we have. Great, we'll use you. A little bit more expensive, but we'll use you. And we're saying to the seller, um, you know, the buyer and the seller, we're saying exactly the same type of thing. So quite a lot of our pipeline is, is actually being run by people who work from home. Yeah, and, and you're, it's, it's a little bit like um, I've always said when, when we're taking on staff or professional services, so I do a lot of development, it could be if we're speaking to architects, we're saying, right, okay, um, the person selling you the service, you want to know, well, is it you who's going to be actually doing the service for yeah. me? Who's going to be doing the service? That's number one. And yeah. how often are they at work? If they're part-time, but I need to get answers within 24 hours of questions, then a part-time employee may not work for that service that I need. For example, yeah. if we've got an architect that only works a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, but I've got a question on a Monday, that 
uh, sorry, on a Friday that I need an answer for. It's 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 not going to be ideal. So I guess you're just adjusting that situ. Well, that that's um, uh, process really to yeah the situation right now, aren't you? Yeah, and and you, I like your point about that, and that's one of the reasons why I, I don't employ part time members of staff to manage portfolios. Mm. So we do for sales and lettings because it's very simple. It's it's a very simple bit of information you want. What is the tenant? Uh, what is the vendor waiting for? What is the buyer waiting for? And people can pick that up in the notes section of the, of the, the, the CRM that we use. Lettings is a little bit more um, emotional. The tenant's asking for this repair. The landlord's wants that raise. The tenant's not going to do this. The landlord's not going to do that. You need a lot more information. So when people say, you know, I can work part-time, but I'll manage a portfolio of 120, 130 houses, that doesn't work for us. And um, we're very fortunate now that the staff that are staying on, obviously, are full-time but they've been with us a long, long time. Um, and, you know, 2,100 houses is a lot of property, but where guys were managing anywhere between 100 and 120, 130 before, they're now managing 200 to 250. And that's because there's no inventory, there's no inspections, there's no maintenance to arrange. So we're getting more bang for our buck out of the staff um, mm. and communicating with them. I mean, the reason I'm slightly late for your uh, for, for, for your podcast is because uh, I had to finish a Zoom call with a couple of the guys. So my MD leads it. I'm just there in the background, and you know the guys are seeing what problems have come up with, you know any complaints, and you know th- this we're just trying to deal with it the best we can. So it's it's difficult, but it's it's going well. Is it a case of at the moment you're just going to have to firefight a little bit, or are you? Hmm. Is there any sort of parts that you can be proactive on? I know I know that's difficult because of how quick things are moving. Yeah. Um, but I know sort of. <sighs> not to sound really uh, um, sort of uh, negative, but for a lot of our listeners wanting to know what they should do on a lot of things, it's too late to put mm. things into place now um, because of where we are in a situation. So a lot, a lot of this now is going to be a case of actually firefighting issues or preparing for maybe the next wave of issues that's going to come along. And I don't necessarily mean by the next wave, the next wave of sort of, the coronavirus hitting I'm, I'm more mean right what could be what's going to be the cause and effect of these situations now what's going to be uh, like we said with transactions and rents is there going to be this pent-up demand for when it comes back that we can um, we can sort of jump on and yeah. all this sort of stuff so how are you kind of dealing with the firefighting and also looking at yeah. where you can put things in place for the future um, really good saying. Obviously, I've got a, a, a like a competitive martial arts background, and we used to say train hard, fight easy. Mm-hmm. So the the hard work we've already put in with our systems, our processes, our, our IT system was stretched. That was that was interesting. Um, so we we thought we had another twenty four to forty eight hours to get the homework set up, and then all of a sudden, um, good old Boris, who by the way I think is doing an absolutely sterling job at the minute, and Rishi, he came out and went right, stay at home and. My WhatsApp, because we're in loads of WhatsApp groups, it just went flipping mental. Yeah. Am I off? Am I off? I thought, right, guys, everybody in tomorrow will have your home working and set up by, by close of business. Yeah. So that's, that stretched us. So that was a good learning point. That was a good teachable moment, as they say. Um, but in terms of the structure and the systems and stuff, we had that in place. So mm. I know it, the systems is not sexy. Lettings is not sexy. But guess what? Is actually, we will be profitable over the next six months. And the things, the two things that made us profitable is lettings and systems so you know when a lot of people are burning into cash and stuff we've just reduced our overheads reduced our expenditure and you know we are running it in these circumstances a reasonable profit yeah and how do you how do you determine which costs are going to go oh pretty much everything no um (laughs) i I mean just non-essential so we had we we had three plans it was a b c and then c was about four levels it was just get rid of the non-essential stuff like, I don't know, water coolers in the office. You know, we used to pay for the tea and coffee. You know, all, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But like you quite rightly said, Rod, it changed so bloody fast. That was that was old after 48 hours, mm-hmm. that plan. And then we had to we had to go into, right, no bonus, no commission, shared workers, a couple of guys. We're not recruiting. For, there was four positions open. We're not recruiting for them. Two of our apprentices or, or people that are on probation we were going to let go anyway because they hadn't really worked out, but we just let them go now instead of month two or month three. So that was plan B. And then plan C was redundancies. But as it happened, um, I wanted to see what the government came out with. And I think it was the Friday, was it the Friday Rishi came out with the furloughed workers. And it was a case of brilliant, boom. 
On the Monday, we had a board meeting. By Monday afternoon, we we had an Tuesday, sorry, we had an idea who we were going to furlough, and then then that was it. Alongside with that, we're just cutting cutting stuff that we're out of ties with, or we're asking for rent reductions. Um, we'd already gone to the race department, who at the time said there was no nothing, but exactly. now they've come back and said, right, you don't pay rates. Um, I think three of our Ten branches per rate, so we got that reduced. And have you managed to get the grants available as well for the small? They're, they're available. Rate? I mean, there's a, there's a couple of things that are, we haven't got the money yet. But I mean, funnily enough, I run a, um, a Facebook group just for letting agents, estate agents, and there's somebody from I think it was Barnsley Council already had the first ten grand. That well, I think I think Rishi said um, last night, and again. This is the 27th, so on the 26th of March, he he did say that they've already given the money to councils to give out. So councils have this money right now yeah. to distribute themselves. Brilliant. So that's probably why. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, we we've got a lot in Durham County Council. I think we've got five branches there: a couple in Northumberland, one in Cumbria, Hartlepool. Hartlepool on the Monday, we already had a, an email saying, "Give us your bank details, and we'll get it to you as soon as we get the money." So we're expecting that to come in. Um, the the free grants or the or the um, sorry, there's no rates. That that's actually made a made a bit of a bonus. Mm-hmm. And then you know the likes of the pro- property portals have come good. I mean they want to because they've been getting money off us. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and there was a bit of a backlash from. Yeah. Uh, Let's not go there. We a three hour episode. Um, <laughs> but it's just it literally is a matter of going to every single person. I mean I've got some commercials and then w- within. Of this hitting within like a oh, couple of hours in a day, I had half a dozen um, of the smaller companies. I mean, I, I bless them. I, re- I rent offices to two travel agents, um, a chair hire company for events. Mm. I mean, you couldn't think of two industries more worse hit. So, yeah. you know, they said, look, can I have a couple of free months and can I have half price? Yeah, fantastic. But, you know, so we've just done that in our business. So I don't think we haven't, we haven't not um, contacted a single supplier and said, Look, you know, we're going to have to take a hit on this, or, or, or you, can you give us some help? Can you give us, yeah. you know, just free, a bit of free? And to be yet fair, everybody so far, literally everybody has has done well. There was even one software company, honestly, absolutely blew me away, who said, "There's a company, their staff are taking a twenty percent pay cut and passing that straight onto the customer to help them out." And I was absolutely blown away by that. So, you know, it, it's times like this, we, you can get the good old British spirit fired up and we can we pull together. Well, it's things like um, Dyson, um, McLaren, G-Tech vacuums, all yeah. turning things. And, and I mean, G-Tech vacuums was the one that kind of had zero publicity and they've already built all these um, all these ventilators and things Brilliant, like that, which is, is, is great, yeah. yeah. Um, so... Obviously, we talked about things; those things you you put in place, and how you how you drop the costs and things like that. What about? Um, I mean, a lot of people are so concerned at the moment just about staying above water. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's going to become a time where opportunities are going to mm-hmm. start to be a little bit abundant. So, what are you mm-hmm. doing to put things in place to then take advantage of that? Yeah, I mean, the first thing is you've got. To... Or are you not worried? <laughs> or are you just um... concentrating on on? I'd say when we're normally um, 20% looking at my business, 80% looking at opportunity, it's probably yeah. about 95% looking at my business, 5% looking at opportunity. Yeah. But as the weeks progress, like already the guys are getting into a very good working routine at home mm-hmm. um, um, when we do the Zoom calls. I mean, when we first started it, everybody's like hair all over, no makeup on, in the jammers, dog jumping on them. And then now most of them are in the suit and ties and they're working from home and they've got the lippy on. And it's so. It, it's a bit of readjustment, um, but you know, I mean, let's be honest. There's going to be some guys that don't don't make this. No, especially the sales agents. Well, I think I think that's all industry, and I think there's been industries that have been in trouble and businesses in trouble. I've, I think I, in a podcast we did, I don't know, a few months ago, we were talking about um, sort of into the, the who own all the shopping malls yes and uh, their share price and how it's dropped by 95 percent over the past sort of year well they reported yesterday that under a third of their tenants paid rent for this quarter wow. under a third and you just think how, how is someone that's already in trouble going to survive this and there's going to be so so many businesses in that position and that's obviously going to have a knock-on effect to employment Mm. Um, and what what are your thoughts on sort of the employment 
scenario i know obviously you said you've got a lot of lha tenants which is fantastic what about for the private sector what are your thoughts on that and what are your thoughts on rents in general over i don't know the next 12 24 months mm. i mean to be to be honest i think rents are going to stay uh, quite stagnant um i don't think they're going to go up but i don't think they're going to reduce we do have a lot of properties in the uh, in the private rented sector, and the landlords either can't reduce them; it's the current market rate or market rent, or they they won't reduce them. And it is a, it is a lot to do with supply and demand. People still need properties; they still need to move; they still need places to live. But if they haven't got, so I've got a slightly different way of thinking of this, and maybe it's because I'm operating a bit more in London, where the yeah. price differences are are a bit different, but my kind of thinking is the supply and demand is all very well but if people haven't got the disposable income Mm -hmm. how can they pay the rents Mm -hmm. so i I mean we know that uh on average it's a third of disposable income is spent on housing and in london Mm -hmm. where it's higher values it's about 50 or 60 percent so if people's wages are dropping or unemployment goes down how's that going to affect rent i just can't see how rents can keep up with the average amount unless unemployment only goes down a little bit which again can have other knock-on effects for productivity which will probably make productivity a lot better because the unemployment levels we were were at before meant people like can't get new stuff because they've they've got to pay more to get them because everyone's yeah. in a job. So it, yeah, I, I mean, think it swings and roundabouts really. It, it does. It does. And, and there's, there's quite a massive amount of assumptions that we've got to, to, yeah. to look at here. And the first one is, I mean, if the government keep doing what they do, and then I think it's going to minimize job uh, losses to, I, I don't want to say acceptable, but we've got to be brutally honest that to, yeah, yeah, to the yeah. best level that they possibly can, you know, the furlough and the staff, again, it's going to depend on a lot of what the government do. If after three months, the government just say, right, everyone back to work, then then we are screwed. But, you know, they've played a blinder and I think they'll continue to do so. I think I think um, we had Daryl Norkit from Lemwell on, on the broadcast last week who came up with a really good phrase in that the government is financing not just the demand, not just the supply side of the economy, but now the demand. So he's putting yeah. the money into the renters to then give to the people, i.e. us, the demand, which yeah. I, think, I think is really important. But obviously with that, will come a bit of inflation. So if rents, yeah. rents may go up, but in real terms, they might not because yeah. everything else is going up. So it's just to be aware yeah. of these sort of things. Yeah. And I think, yeah, it's just, it's just a crazy, crazy time at how quick everything's moving. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. it is. And do you know what? It could be I'm wrong, you're wrong. We're both somewhat, somewhat Absolutely. Right yeah, yeah, yeah. because there's no blueprint for this. Well, my position on this changes on a daily basis, yeah. which is why I kind of make a thing of, look, this is 27th of March, and this is yeah. what I'm saying now. By the 28th, it could be completely different. We just don't know. And it's, um, yeah. I think the key is being able to adapt, isn't it, to, uh, you, to these you've changes? Got to be, you've got to move so quick with this, depending on, on you know, what the government announces, or if all of a sudden they could say, all right, guys, it's, it's, it's spreading quicker, so hunker down, you're not even allowed out for your hour a day, or you've got, we're in this for four months. Then you've got to scramble around and say, yeah, right shit stuff's got real now what what can i really really do so it's it's about being agile it's about making quick decisions somebody said um you're very good at making harsh decisions i don't think it's harsh to save your business I it's think important yeah massively and i think it's you know you i've used the phrase you cut your hand off to save the arm and that's what we're doing now we're taking one step back so at the end of the year we can take a couple of steps forward so we had a couple of acquisitions planned in obviously they're they're not going to go ahead um you know, but you, you've got to be open and honest and say, well, one of them is actually going to be in a lot of trouble because they're purely sales, purely sales. So, you know, it's, it's a bit predatory, but can we revisit that around about September, October time? Could we pick it up at 50 pence in the pound or 30 pence in the pound? So if you've got cash reserves and you've got, or you've got a funding line or a war chest or whatever it is, there's going, even from a property investor's point of view, there's going to be some opportunities and some potential uh, sort of really, really good buys. My, yeah. my business partner, I was talking the other day, um, he's, he's quite a bit older than me, and he says he's made more money in every out, out the back of every recession than he ever has on the on the upturn. Mm-hmm, definitely. So, for people who manage their own portfolio, then what advice would you give to them for right now? Mm. Well, the, the main thing is there's, there's a couple of things that you need to look at. One is obviously you've got to protect your income, and that's your, your tenants' rent. So you've got I would be speaking to them, communicate more than you think you should be. Would you communicate with them? 
so from, from my point of view, I'm waiting for the 1st of April to see what rents come in from the yeah. private side because I am a little bit concerned about kind of going to them and, and, and them opening the floodgates of, oh, yes, I'm in trouble, this, that, and the other has happened, and then I've got to go through the palaver of, right, give me evidence, and this is in arrears, and now I'm chasing money and things like that. Yeah. But, or do you think that's the wrong way to go? Personally, I would do it now. So you, yeah. you, you trouble and trouble for it troubles you. So I would. So, so we've we've had uh, two thousand one hundred houses. We've had about twenty phone calls, right? So less than one percent of people saying I'm in trouble. We've literally had I think seven people that we've had to go to the landlord and said, look, they've they've either got the coronavirus, the number of people who've got it, they're severely affected. <clears throat> now the other thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, we've just made it difficult. Not in terms of like we're effing and jeffing down the phone at them would you say right so how are you in trouble can you show me have you got evidence have you got proof what can we do to help right so you've been furloughed so you've got 80 percent of your income can you pay 80 percent of your rent so yeah. what savings have you got in the end of said do you know what stuff it i'll just pay my rent we're not we're not being you know are you allowed to swear on this <laughs> we're not being, say whatever you like we're not being dickheads about it we're literally yeah. just being quite open and honest and it's push comes to the sub i mean it's sure my old man used to say as long as you've got a roof over your head and food on your table Everything else is a bonus. And I'm, I very much su- subscribe to that, that pay your rent, put food on your table, y- your car, you can defer that. You can, you can go to your, your gym membership and you can see I'm deferring that. The cleaner's not coming around. Your person who does your iron is not coming around. Roof over your head. And qu- funnily enough, it was, it, I'll never forget this. The first person that asked for a rent reduction was an LHA tenant. And we went, <laughs> dude. Technically, you don't actually pay your rent. <laughs> and once you explain it, he says, what about my £5 top-up? If you're struggling for £5 a month to pay your top-up, then there's, there's bigger issues at hand here. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I might, be, I might be contacting those tenants then after we, after yeah. we finish. So, sorry, expand on that. So I would be phoning them saying, hi, you know, what can I do? So the quicker you can get the information, the quicker you can do something about it. Mm. The quicker you can you can phone if it is causing you a hassle with your mortgage company and you've got the evidence, then you can go to your mortgage guy and get a three month payment deferment or, or whatever it is. Mm. So you're not missing your um, uh, financial obligations and it's not affecting your credit file. So everybody's really uh, you know understanding about it. The majority of mine are LHA tenants. Um, thankfully, I have a lot of them on the old Mortgage Express tracker rate. So um, you know. I'm quite fortunate with the interest. Yeah. So one of my mortgages has just gone down to 40 quid a month. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's 450 quid. <gasps> so I'm, I'm expecting a few more like that. So what I'm doing there is that is my little bit of a war chest. Yeah. My private ones and, and also my commercials as well. So mm-hmm. I do know, yeah. I, I love a mixed portfolio. Yeah. You know, my commercials are great in the good times. My, my professionals are nearly as good. My LHA is a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. I've got one person who spends 80% of her time on my LHA and the other 20% is on the other stuff. Yeah. Um, but now the LHA is the one that are like, you go guys, <laughs> you know, you're, you're really good tenants now. Yeah, exactly. And just on the um, sort of mortgage uh, holidays. So we get a lot of people sort of saying, well, should we be taking these now? My kind of, my philosophy on this is I'm not going to be taking these unless i absolutely need to um one because i think it's morally right uh the banks have savers and bond payers they've got to pay for your mortgages and things like that and it's it is only meant for those two i am a little bit concerned about what the bank's behavior may be going forward yeah um obviously most of mine is owned through companies and so there's pgs on term finance will they start to look at those PGs and go, well, actually, you maybe have, uh, although this won't affect your credit file, this um, uh, breaches the contract. Mm -hmm. Um, Fortunately, I'm a big believer in not having any sort of um, cross-collateral loans or portfolio mortgages or debentures, floating charges. But if people do, I'll be very, very concerned of doing the mortgage holiday because potentially they would be able to crystallize that that um yeah. floating charge into a secured charge and, and and that's the last thing anyone sort of anyone yeah. wants i don't think there's a big chance of that happening yeah. but it's look it's just like yeah. if there's if there's more than a one percent chance i'm gonna put do something yeah. about it yeah. yeah yeah i mean i'm i hear, I hear what you're saying I, i'm like you i don't think they're gonna do that imagine a bank trying to screw over 
you know, a hard working portfolio landlord, it would be a PR nightmare. It would um, be a nightmare, just like it was in 2008, but it didn't stop yeah. them, did it? Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. But we're, it, it, effectively, we needed the first guy to get shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back well, you yeah. you always need a few casualties before things will get better. Don't exactly. You? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's you know we send them off to war and then we say, oh shit, that wasn't a good idea. And mm. effectively, two thousand and eight. But the biggest thing for me, Rod, is if you've got a large portfolio and you're going for um, uh, a lot of deferred or, or mortgages, is it's it's actually deferred. It's it's not, yeah, a, it's not a holiday. Kicking so the can down the road. Up in four yeah. months. Yeah, and why not just wear it now? take the pain now yeah. and then enjoy the good times later rather than yeah, and we don't know what's going to happen later. Yeah. 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 Um, so how do you go about identifying risk points right now when things are moving so quickly? I mean, we obviously touched on the KPIs you're doing. How have your KPIs changed, if at all, um, or your business KPIs at the moment? And how are you kind of monitoring things yeah. right now at this well, speed? really really good question actually in fact it's the, I've, I've done a ton of interviews and yours is the first time I've been asked that but um, it's probably the question I love answering the most um, and that we actually monitor our KPIs on a daily basis yeah. which we never do we yeah. never do so at the end of every day we've just got um, a Google spreadsheet because our CRM system we couldn't we couldn't get a developers on it anything so quick yeah. so it's a Google sheet all the yeah. guys start putting in requests for viewings valuations uh, inventory inspections income generated blah 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 and then that feeds into a, a, just an Excel um, yeah. document that produces um, graphs so our FD can have a look at it and he can sort of monitor the, the decline in the income or or where it um, the, the sort of inflection point is or where we think it's yeah. going to sort of stop and obviously as as you mentioned before as that income declines then you may look at taking out staff to uh, sort of combat that or taking well, out other expenses maybe yeah, not necessarily I mean, staff but yeah yeah i mean you're dead right i mean we have literally cut it to the bone yep. why yep. we are going to be profitable yep. i mean literally the only thing that can happen now is if is if properties don't pay the rent but with lha we're very safe yeah um, what we so you can stress test to at least that oh, LHA rate all day long, right? Yeah. It, yeah. It's like we effectively, I mean, it, it's it's non-comparable, but I'm going to use a comparison. It's when you stress test your portfolio and you say, right, what does it stress test to? I was around about 15% at the minute. Yeah. So literally the bottom would have to fall out of every single market and, and the government have to pull every single grant loan for us to go, we're in the shit now. Yeah, yeah. So and know, probably you, that's the least of your worries if that happens. So. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll be liquidating absolutely everything, <laughs> buggering off somewhere. Um, but we haven't even taken into account this pipeline of sales. We have got. I mean, we're moving people in um, who who are contractually obliged to moving in. They're moving in this week. We've got a couple mm. today. Um, we had a quite a few yesterday, and we've got even some tomorrow and one or two on Sunday. Then after that, no one's contracted to move in. So we're doing it with social distance and protocol, all, all that sort of health and safety jazz. But again, that will be due in April and May. So we are still going to have income all the way up to June coming in. And that. Sorry, I was going to just ask on, on that. On your on some of your private tenants, have you found that any have ended up going on to universal credit? And is there not a bit yet. of a lag time on that? Not, not yet, not yet. Um, are, you, are you expecting that? To yes, happen? we are. Yeah. We are. We factored in about four or five percent. So again, because they pay, because we're pretty good and quite off here, or the girls are with, with universal credit, yeah. we acted in a slight increase or decrease, but eventually that lag time will sort of... Yeah, because there'll be that lag time that you'll have to cover on the cash flow, but then you'll, you'll get it at that time. So it's, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 And there's quite yeah. a few of the, I mean, communication is massively critical to this. So mm. when this happened, we, we speak to the tenants or the girls every week, to speak to the landlords every week. They just want to make sure that don't worry, we're still working from home. Our announcements on our Facebook page, email marketing, you know, all, all that sort of jazz is just communicate more than you think you should. Yeah. People automatically people think the worst. So if they can't get in touch with you, they think you're, you're sitting at home watching Jeremy Kyle or something. You're not actually yeah. crafting. But you know, the, the girls are working very hard. Yeah. Okay, that's great. So we mentioned the KPIs. Are there any specific KPIs that you're looking at, you personally, or you mentioned your FDs looking at the income yeah. every day? Um, are, are there any ones that come to mind that you were like, oh God, let's let's keep an eye on that for the moment? Yeah, just the income um, in comparison to the expenditure. Yeah. Also, the, it, it's more the cash flow as well. So we've got we've got the daily P and Ls running pretty well. So we know what our costs are, what comes out, what goes in. Yeah. 
Um, but it's it's more so the, the, the forecasting. It's, yeah. Oh, forecasting is. And and where where you might be normally forecasting for the next quarter or even month, are you are you now doing it sort of for tomorrow? Yeah. And, it's yeah. literally <laughs> weekly, like yeah. literally. So he's coming up with a forecast at the minute that based on this, and we've had to put some assumptions in, such as twenty five percent of the sales will fall down. Um, <laughs> some of the movings won't go ahead. Although the longer it goes ahead, um, and the cash comes in the bank, you get more accurate. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The more data you get together, the more, yeah, yeah. Data is key to this. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's, um, yeah, I've never looked at so many spreadsheets over the last week and no doubt I'll continue to do so. (laughs) Right. So, uh, it's crystal ball time. Where, Where do you see this going? One, in the next three months and also for the next year and then after that for your business? So there's a bit of a caveat to this. I am an internal optimist. Okay. The good in people, the good in places. So we'll be back to work tomorrow. House prices will double that by next week, and we'll millionaires, <laughs> um, No, I think um, I think it's a three to four month lockdown. If, if yep. I'm brutally honest, I read a lot of your stuff. I read what Adam puts on. You know, I love you, your guys, and what you do. So I think it's a three to four month until we're back at work, and that is on the proviso that they're muppets out there actually listen to the government guidelines and they don't go to the park, they don't organise footy games and all that sort of stuff and you, you do what you're meant to. Um, it's going to be tough. There is going to be a little bit of a, a decrease in house prices, especially when um, you know the government's saying house prices can't go ahead. House sales, well, transactions, yeah, yeah. Transactions shouldn't go ahead. So I get that. But I think it's going to be, you mentioned it before, pent-up demand. It's a bit like, um, you know, I'm, I'm showing you this cake or this lovely meal, but you can't have it, you can't have it, you can't have it. Oh, there you go. You just go for it even more because yeah, it's, yeah. it's a way. There's a really good um, story, if you've ever read the book Titan by J.D. Rockefeller. Um, no, I he's, he's the old oil tycoon. He was yeah, yeah, yeah. a billionaire. And um, it was the Monopolies Commission, I think it was Roosevelt, who who'd sort of took him to court to try and break up his company. And he, him and his family owned 100%. So the, the legend, if you want to call it that, the rumour is, he was on the golf course when playing with his, his local vicar or, or Catholic priest. When, um, by the way, it was his golf course in his back garden, so that, that's nice. <laughs> when the, the, the news came round and said that, um, you know, Roosevelt, um, we've broken up your company into 33 smaller companies. You still own it, but now instead of, you, you've got to open up the public. And apparently he turned around to the father and said, if you've got any money, invest in my companies. And it was a whole of before for 40, 50 years, no one could invest in this company. It was a private owned company. And then the government yeah. said, no, anyone can. Now, if you've got that pent up demand where you want something, but you can't have it, you want something, you can't have it. When it's f- funny released, he just went for it. And his company tripled in value in a year, just because mm. you and I and Fred and Bob could, could go buy it. And I think this is what, what it is. Uh, the, the lending out there has, is reduced, but that's only because of government guidelines. Interest rates have never been low in history. So in three months, say, for example, using that as an arbitrary figure, that mortgage lending properly comes back. The government sort of says, right, go for it. Interest rates are low. People have been not allowed out the houses. They've been ready to move. They're emotionally uh, detached from the property because they want to move. Then all of a sudden it's like, fill your boots. Um, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's going to be a boom, but I think the, the decrease will be sharply um, sort of mitigated against and we should see stability or, or potential rise. And so that's, I guess, your one-year prediction then. Yeah. What about going on after that? Again, I'm an optimist, so just slow, steady growth. Yeah. I yeah. think slow, steady. I don't think it's going to be a crazy boom. Um, yeah. And I think this we can use this as a little mini recession so or a price correction, if you like. Um, I'll be honest, because if, I'm, I probably should pay a lot of attention into predictions and, and, and whatnot over you know the 18-year cycle or, or whatever it is, but... I actually don't pay a yeah. huge amount of attention because I, I, I'm very much a, a like a, a science guy rather than an art guy and predicting yeah. the future over that period of time is too difficult for me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my, I, I, my only sort of comment on, on what you said there is I, I do agree with, with, with that, but my only sort of point to make would be about inflation and although things can look like they're going up in price, in the real terms, are they? Mm. And obviously, we've got to be realistic about things like tax going up and things like that. So again, it comes back to that disposable income. So although people's wages might look more on paper, do they actually, can they buy 
that same basket of shopping yeah. and what's the percentage of their income that that's yeah. going to now take up. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of gets factored into the rent house prices and all that things. But obviously with house prices, when they're leveraged, it's slightly yeah. different. So well, I think my, my big thing is how does property act in a high inflation environment? Yeah. And uh, because Obviously, if it's like cash or stocks, cash obviously gets eroded. Bonds are crap because they're fixed. It's fixed income, so the inflation erodes against that. Um, stocks mm-hmm. will move because, again, they're, they're normally leveraged as well within that company. The company has debt. Um, commodities normally do well because it's the underlying thing. So that rises. That's kind of more used as cash. Yeah. The more I kind of think of it is how does property fit into that and will it act like a leveraged yeah. stock or will it act even like a commodity or a leveraged commodity or things like yeah, that? I mean, so yeah. From a northeast perspective, depending on, on the um, uh, the stats you look at, the, the northeast is, is it's a, quite a protected bubble in terms mm. of Average wages in comparison to average house prices, there's never been a better ratio. Yeah. I think it's around about 5.2 or 5.3. We're down in London, I think, you know. It's, it's well, the, the affordability sort of metrics, which is one thing that before this I took real, I looked at really hard in, in two terms. So what, there'll be one point which is um, average wage or average annual yeah. salary compared to the average deposit. House. Yeah. To no, well, not the house price, just, just the upfront cost. Right. And then I do another one, which is monthly uh, income ver- uh, divided by the uh, monthly housing cost. So that would be the mortgage cost. So that takes into consideration interest rates, mortgage term, things like that. And, um, and yeah, you're right. One of the most affordable places right now is the Northeast, also Derby. I think that's maybe lost its, lost its side. But that's where you can see, all right, because there's those affordability because there's income coming in, there's wages uh, where it gets a bit difficult is where you've got places like Aberdeen that are very sort of dictated by one industry. And if that fails or one employer, like the Land Rover garage and yeah. wherever it is and things like that. So mm-hmm. um, as long as you've got multiple employers and a few different industries, there propping mm-hmm. it up. It's normally pretty positive and, and, mm-hmm. and that shows that it's likely likely to grow really yeah we just had a big amazon delivery center open up yeah we've got your nissan we've got a, a, quite a big call center culture here so we've got disney here believe it or not yeah. in it. sky tv hmrc eon um barclay card verizon so we've got a very very big yeah um sort of culture it's because the wages yeah, well, are cheap and our accents are decent yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna see everyone flooding into the to the northeast market yeah. now we've we? seen that was it um i think was it michael mcintyre on a slight tangent did a, did a um uh, a joke about the accents and about how the the, the geordies in the northeast they're like quite the most sympathetic so oh dear i'm really sorry pet is it all right <laughs> <laughs> so i think that's why the ship all the call centers up here were quite sympathetic <laughs> that's probably it probably is yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what what does your day look like um now your average day what well, obviously working from home what are you doing I'm still treating it as a day. So, I mean, yeah. I'm notorious for getting up at stupid o'clock, like half four, five o'clock in the morning. So, um, I'm, I'm, I'm still getting up around about your five o'clock mark because I, I want to get into still the routine, the habits. Yeah. So, I'm getting up. Um, I've got a training consultancy company for um, estate agents and letting agents. So, I'm doing a lot of content. I'm posting a lot. Um, I'm coming up with a lot of content for the, for the business as well. So, those are the things I really like to do. Mm-hmm. Um, a bit of software that we're, we're developing at the minute. And um, we're also uh, sort of raising quite a lot of finance for, for our rent loan strategy. So there's a lot of, we're in the due diligence phase at the minute with that. So there's a lot of. Uh, do you want to, do you, are you able to talk about that at all? The rent um, loan stuff? Bit, yeah, 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 yeah. So we've, um, we've raised a significant, or we're in the, we're in the early stages of raising, raising a lot of money for, for rent to own. And that's a, a strategy that basically, um, it's a very good win-win strategy for landlords and tenant buyers. We basically rent the property over a, over a five-year period to a tenant buyer mm-hmm. who not only pays the rent, but they pay a slight top-up. That mm-hmm. top-up goes in our secure client account and that acts as a deposit. So in five years' time, the tenant has saved up 10% of the purchase price. The purchase price is fixed from the beginning. The rent's fixed from the beginning. 
Um, so it's, it's the tenants treat it as it's their own house, hence the term rent to own. Mm. Um, and, and then they complete it and buy it after five years. And it's for those people with, from a tenant's perspective, who've got no little deposit, which is a lot of people. Yeah. The self-employed, so they haven't got um, three years accounts. And a lot of those self-employed people will be kicking themselves after last night's <laughs> <laughs> announcement. You can't, you can't declare 25 grand and then all of a sudden expect to be, no, I'm on 50 grand, really. The rest was just cash. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, so, and then just lower credit. So the, the five-year period gives people enough time to save up, um, but also sort of repair the credit file if it was low or slightly mm-hmm. damaged. And we've taken it to some, some big private equity companies and, and they just love it. They just think it's a really, really good sort of idea. And, We've signed engagement terms, and they're just doing their due diligence at the minute. And how, um, how, what's in it for the landlords then, or for the for the property owners? Why might why might they want to? It's, it's go secure that? income. It's very very secure okay. income. So it's uh, it's it's very very safe because if the tenant buyer you if the tenant buyer doesn't go ahead, or they're a bad tenant, anti-social behaviour, don't pay the rent arrears, that ten percent money that they've saved up, um, they don't get back. So right, okay. as a financial sort of stick if you like to say be a good tenant otherwise you're going to lose some money yeah, um, yeah. so it's the, the tenant is um, contractually responsible for the repairs as well contractually not legally so the tenants improve the property so if they don't go ahead the landlord gets in he's still, he's still got his rent and they've still got and they yeah. still got a decent property in good yeah. nick yeah and, and when you look at it from a te- from a landlord's perspective there's one tenant to find in five years so there's no mm-hmm. tenant fine phase, no voids, very low. Operational rate. costs are minimal, yeah. Absolutely, because the tenant just thought, oh, can I paint your house top to bottom? I'll, I'll do it like, you know, sympath- yeah, get cracked on. So that, that sounds like it could be something very good to do right now yeah. uh, for any sort of tired landlords out there that have had enough of this and are wanting to liquidate but think, well, actually, the pricing's not that great now yeah. um, or, or I, can't get, I can't get a sale through right now. Um, this could uh, this could be a, a good a good opportunity for them. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, definitely. So we're, we're yeah, there's a lot of work going at the behind the scenes on that. So we're really pushing our FD to get our cash flow forecast. But when he's got these big the big boys and they're saying no, no, we need this, this, and this. He's, yeah, he's got to try. So he's probably never been as busy as, as what he is right now. But we're, we're hoping if if everything goes to plan, we'll we'll have raised the funds. It'll be in our bank, sort of speak, and we can start rocking and rolling probably about September time. Brilliant. So one last, well, couple of last questions. So um, obviously you've scaled these businesses and done really well. What, what's been the hardest thing, apart from right now, um, <laughs> what's been the hardest thing in scaling those that you've had to kind of overcome? Stuff. 100% the stuff. A process is easy. A business is easy. Businesses don't, you know, phone in sick. You know, a process doesn't refuse to, to, to do reasonable requests. It's, it's the stuff. Um, and, and just kind of separate point, but still on that question. So do you think this whole experience over the last two weeks will, um, will leave any lasting impact on your business in terms of how you've operated on a skeleton crew um, for staff and you've built efficiencies maybe there? Do you think... You may, I don't know, be thinking, why well, actually for the future, maybe we don't need that extra yeah. member of staff yeah. and things like that. Yeah, potentially. I mean, I'll, I'll do the staff one first. So yeah, the sorry. staff is, yeah. is, is absolutely critical and crucial to a team. And I'm a very big believer in recruiting on attitude. So mm. recruit on, on their attitude first, then look at the, the, the capability and competency. That, it's, not a, it's not an absolute. It's not an either or. It is a case of they can have both. But if they came with an attitude but no, no experience, we would possibly hire them. If mm. they came with a ton of experience but a bit of a dick, they're not getting mm. through the door. So yeah. and, you know, we this this has absolutely highlighted and shown the best attitudes in people. Literally working until 10, 11 o'clock on a night time, starting at six o'clock in the morning. And in part of our meeting um, before we jumped on this call, I was telling people just work normal. You don't have to work till 10, 11 o'clock at night. And they are, but I love it. I want to do it. I want, you know, just say, no, chill out. Because we've got a good bit of software called Active Track. So we can see when they're on it, what they're looking at. It screenshots every 20, 30 seconds so we can see, yeah. you, know, if, you know, if they're looking at the footy or they're looking at Netflix or whatever it is, which thankfully, literally, genuinely, nobody is. Yeah. Um, so, so staff is key to that and getting the right staff. In some, some of our branches, it's dead easy to recruit good staff. 
in the, the outer, outer Hebrides areas yeah. um, in the middle of nowhere, it's really quite difficult. So we've yeah. got to invest a lot into people with no experience That's and then build them up. And we've got a young girl now who's working for us who came from a health and safety company and she's one employee of the month. She's absolutely <coughs> brilliant. And that's just because her attitude is phenomenal. Mm. Like literally she should, she would walk over broken glass for us. Um, so that's it on the, on the staff aspect. And in terms of what will we do different? I'm sure we will. I'm sure we'll have some really good learnings from this. I think it's a bit too early to tell. Um, I'm absolutely blown away by the attitude of literally every single one of our staff. And, and generally I say this is not one that myself and my MD have turned around and went, you know, they're, they're not right for us or we need to get rid of them when things go back. It generally has, you know, even managers have turned around and said, look, I need to be furloughed. There's somebody better suited to managing the property portfolio in this branch because they're a valuer or like a, a sales valuer or they're a, a manager. So they haven't got that lot, a lot of property management experience. So rather than take their 100% of their wage, they've turned around and said, I'm not the right person for this. I'll take 80%. You need to give so-and-so. It's for the best of the business. It's what, what the business needs. And you know, that's phenomenal. Yeah. And to create that culture must have obviously been something f- fairly special and hard work as well. Oh, so. Very, very hard. I, I, if I'm honest, when we first started, my recruitment policy was, do you, do you like property? Yes. Do you want a job? Yes. You start tomorrow. Mm. That was literally how shit I was at recruiting. Um, and then as the process sort of evolved and we got better and better and, and bigger and, and employed more staff, we couldn't have that very lackadaisical, do you want a job yet? There you go. So we, we quite a robust interview section, um, interview techniques. We pull out their values. We make sure it's the same with ours. Um, probation, you know, a couple of hours here, a couple of hours there, even before they, they come on probation. And you can sort of get the measure of them. But you know, we had we had a lot of backstabbing and bitching when we first started. We got rid of them, and yeah, yeah, we've got a a really good team, really impressed with them and how they've handled this very difficult situation. Brilliant. So, last question, which I ask everyone: What's the kindest thing someone has done for you in business? Um. Oh, that is a very, very, very good question. The kindest thing somebody's done. Um. Probably advice. If I'm thinking about that advice, when I first started, I got I used to get some really really good. Uh, I had a mentor back in the day, and um, he he worked at a, a Nissan a Nissan subsidiary, and he was all about like the KPIs and the numbers and stuff. And yeah. I I was I might as well have been number dyslexic back in the day. Yeah. And, you know, never checked my bank, never did anything. <clears throat> and the best bit, chap called Nigel, and the best bit of advice he ever did um was probably tell us to 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 do that i also think my md adele i think the kindest thing she's ever done was was believe in me and mm. come along with me because she she runs a business i i don't get involved in the day-to-day stuff and i know i can be a pain in the ass and i'm very difficult okay. and i've the running joke is I, I make the decisions and she runs along behind us with a sweet cleaning up my mess <laughs> um, but the kindest thing I think is for her to stick with me, believe in me, and just just the team as well, just just believing in where we're going as a team and creating that joint culture and, and, and the vision of where we want to get to. Fantastic. Is there anything else you want our listeners to know about you? Obviously, we'll we'll leave a, a link for the two books, and I'll make sure I have to read that second one. Yeah. Um, so, anything else you want you want them to know? Yeah, I'm a Sunderland fan and I hate Newcastle United. Apart from that, all good. <laughs> <laughs> all right, cheers, John Paul. Thanks, thanks so much for coming on today. Take care, buddy. Cheers. Cheers, bye. Please join me next time for more detailed discussions about property on The Rodcast.